Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two, verse one. Let's go. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have tasted of the Lord's kindness. You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. Hmm. I could stop right there, and that'll be a sermon this morning, but let's keep going. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yet you, yes, you who trust him, recognize the honor of God. I'm sorry, recognize the honor God has given him. For those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very possession as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Thank you for your mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even they, even if they accuse you, of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Well, the name of my sermon this morning is Peace by Peace. Father, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. I approach you, Holy Spirit, asking you to speak to me God, that you remove Austin from this equation and that you use me as a tool however you see fit this morning, God. Thank you for what you're going to do in this service. Amen. Amen. How many of you, when you were a kid, enjoyed playing with Legos or Mega Blocks or maybe even Lincoln Logs? Can you, can you wave at me if that was you? Man, I was obsessed with them. See, my dad was a builder. 
and built houses for a living. And my mom was part of that industry too. And so me, like at like five, six years old, I was like, this is like me being like mini dad. Like I get to do what my dad does. It was always so cool. But did you ever like open the box and expect it to be put together when you first opened it? Okay, maybe it was just me, but like as a kid, I saw the picture on the box and I was like, oh, I get a car. No, I got 300 pieces. What do I do with this? You know, that very first time I was disappointed. But I want to show you a quick little video. It's just a little quick time lapse of a Lego set being built. And then we're going to get right back into this, okay? Is that not one of like the coolest like Lego creations? Maybe it's just like my inner child, but like a 1967 Ford Mustang GT Fastback, like come on somebody. If you ever wanna bless me, now you know how, all right? But even like just the Lego set, I don't need the actual car, like I just need that Lego set. And there's something fascinating about taking a thousand pieces and turning it into something beautiful, something majestic even. Like I'd put that car on like a shelf in my office if I had one. <laughs> I would show it off to everyone that was in there, not only because of how hard I worked on it, but because of how detailed every bit of it is. But let me tell you what the Lord taught me through Legos this week. See, they start as a thousand pieces, but you have the image on the box of what it's supposed to look like. Your pieces don't look like that image yet. Okay, let me, your marriage, your family, your career, your fill in your blank doesn't look like the picture on the box yet, but you are in a thousand pieces waiting for God to manipulate and stack them and line them up into looking like what he wanted you to look like. And so he knits us together piece by piece by piece, ridding us of the things that have no place there and inserting the things that are missing piece by piece. But why? See, like, I could just go buy Ezra a toy car, right? And he'd love it. If you know my son, like, cars are dinosaurs. Like, that's his jam. Like, he doesn't need anything else. I could go just buy him a car. Or I could buy him a Lego set to build a car. Because I want him to grow and to learn and mature in his process. So I, I want him to start with nothing. Because there are lessons to be learned along the way. Because sometimes he's going to put a piece maybe a little bit backwards or wrongly or whatever. And then he's going to have to deconstruct. And then reconstruct, and then deconstruct. You get what I'm, where I'm going this morning. 
But let me give you some good news right off the rip today. God doesn't need your finished product masterpiece to use you and to fulfill his promises in your life. He just needs, let me rephrase, he requires all your pieces, the ones that are finished and the ones that are still unfinished. It's about surrender. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6 tells us that Christ is the living cornerstone of God's temple. In other words, he holds everything else up. Without Jesus in the equation, our gospel message, our Bible falls apart and is useless. He is our foundation. But it also tells us that we as Christians are being turned into living stones. Jesus, the cornerstone, we stones, regular stones that get built and maneuvered and manipulated and stacked and pieced together on top of him, building his kingdom on this earth. That's our role. And then he even takes it a step further that he calls us holy priests in his kingdom and that our spiritual sacrifices please him. And as we grow and we mature in our faith and in our walk with God, we become more sturdy, well-built, more packed in as, our, as stones that become less movable and shakable by the things of this world. We become more rooted, as we like to say sometimes in church. We become less able to be whipped by the wind. First, because of how strong and how sturdy our cornerstone is. But then, as time goes on, like a baby going through toddler, going through early adolescence, going through their teenage years and into maturity, they become, I don't know if you've ever held a baby, but at first they don't come out stable. Well, my daughter did, but you know, she's an exception. Um, but you gotta start somewhere. And so you start kind of loose and you need people that are, that are reeling you in and holding you tight and holding you up when you can't hold yourself, when your neck's bobbing all over the place and you don't know where to look, someone to say, hold on, here you go. But as we mature and we grow, it's like, it's like cementing our feet into the cornerstone with him. And we become a part of the entire picture, each of us a piece. But here's a little nugget for you, okay? Peter tells us that Christ, the one who was chosen by God for great honor, was rejected by men. You, as living stones, if the cornerstone, the most important stone, the strongest stone, the heaviest stone was rejected, you and I can just go ahead and expect we're going to be rejected too. Don't let that scare you catch you off guard, or make you waver. It means you're in good company. 
verses 7 through 8, Peter continues to tell us that those who do not trust in God, those who reject God, Jesus becomes the stone that makes people stumble. And here's why. Because when someone is walking around through life that is able to be blown by the wind in any direction without any guidance and direction and vision, they are going to trip over anything that is in front of them. And you best believe they're going to trip over truth the hardest. It's designed that way. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I have not been living as a living stone, as part of God's kingdom. I have been living my own fleshly desires. And I, I don't know about you, but for me, the truth tripped me up all the time. Whether it was my mom saying a word of encouragement that just convicted me to my soul, or whether it was a song that just pierced my heart and I couldn't get out of it. The truth is going to stick and it's going to make you fall. And we as Christians pray that that makes unbelievers fall into the gospel. And we as also stones are going to be tripping hazards for people. Good. Let them trip into the gospel. Speak truth. Verse 9 through 10, Peter then says again, Because you now belong to God, you are not like those who stumble. Instead, we are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. In other words, you are part of the family now. And I love the story of the prodigal son because it perfectly illustrates this, that humans still suffer with a human condition, right? We still are going to disobey sometimes or disrespect sometimes or gossip sometimes or fill in the blank of whatever the thing is that you struggle with. But unlike someone outside of the family, if someone outside of my family were to try and hurt my family or were to try to um, bring division into my family or were to rebuke my family, I'd say, you know what, I'm cutting you off. I don't need you. I, I, I'm not concerned about you anymore. Get away from me, Satan. But if it was my son, I'd welcome him back with open arms. And I'd say your sins are forgiven as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's okay. Don't do it again, please. But like, come on, buddy, bring it in. I still love you. Because, because we are now part of the family. Pastor preached on this a few weeks ago. There is now no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. So it's, you have a little bit of permission to give yourself some grace but here's what I want the point to be this morning in, in, in regards to this anyways, is do not compare what you saw as a time-lapse testimony of the masterpiece being built to your moment of construction. 
I can sit here and I can give you my highlight reel. You can look at my posts, my stories, my reels on my Instagram, whatever you want to do to see the moments where I make sure you see the good Austin. But you weren't there for the years and the years that I wrestled. And I wasn't there for yours. Do not compare your progress to someone else's time lapse. But it is because of the forgiveness that we have, that we have received, the grace and the mercy that we have received, that we are then able to be a light in the world reflecting Jesus to the world. It says, because of this, we can show others the goodness of God. For he called us out of darkness, not into light, into wonderful light. We, as living stones, who are in company with the cornerstone, who are supposed to reflect the cornerstone, are intended to be light in darkness, but not just light, wonderful, marvelous, bright, piercing light. That when other people look at us, they see Jesus before they see me. So we are to reflect that light, the goodness of God, which the mercy which is the mercy shown to us through Jesus. So what am I saying this morning? That Jesus is the image on the box of the Legos that our broken, unorganized, sometimes shattered pieces is contained in right now. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we make that commitment in our lives to be like him. That box gets dumped out, organized, and then starts piece by piece by piece. And it's going to take a while for you to recognize that you are actually starting to resemble something. But there will come a day when you look in the mirror and you go, how did I get here? The same way that like, I look at my three-year-old, almost one-year-old, or I'm sorry, three-year-old son, almost one-year-old daughter, and go, whoa, where did three years go? Where did one year go? Because everything was happening in the moment that I didn't see their bones grow. I didn't see their brain synapses connecting. I just saw the evidence of it. There will come a time as we dig ourselves into the truth of God's word, that other people are going to start seeing Jesus in us, and eventually you'll even, start go, you'll even start to realize, wow, look at the progress I've made. And so don't so much focus on the, on the end result because your attention needs to be in the moment of your journey. Keep your eye on the prize of Jesus, but don't get so caught up in how much you have left to do. 
celebrate what's been done. We are made in the image of God. We are meant to live like Jesus and to, I'm sorry, to look like Jesus and to live by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. That is our purpose. That is the call as a Christian, is to lay down my flesh, to recognize my my inheritance of the image of God that I was inspired by and born through, and then my call to transform into the likeness of Jesus and to live like he did through the leading of Holy Spirit. Have you ever heard the saying that you are what you eat? I want to go back to verse 1 through 3 for a second. And I want you to keep that saying, you are what you eat, at the back of your mind. Verse 1. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. Piece by piece, we must first deconstruct our sinful human nature in order to make room for the good spiritual truth of milk, of the gospel, of the word, to have room to grow in our lives. Verse two, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Have you tasted the Lord's kindness? That's where we got to start. If you have not tasted and seen that the Lord is good and faithful to forgive and to meet you right where you're at and to, to help you lay down the things of yesterday and yesteryear, if you haven't started there, I want to pray with you this morning. I want to lead you in that if Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart for that. But what Peter is really telling us is to set aside the fluff and the sugar and the preservatives and the, the processed garbage of our life and make room to feast on what feeds the soul. Because it is that food, that spiritual milk that makes us strong, sturdy, steadfast, immovable stones that he gets to build his kingdom on. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of, I'm just going to say it. I'm tired of the church being on the sideline and not stepping up in the areas that God says, I want to do something there, but it's, but it gets uncomfortable. I don't, God wants to do something there. Deal with the uncomfortability. Jesus did. And we're called to be like him.
Verse 11 says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage, against, wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors, then even they, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. I don't know how the Lord really intends to work through the end of this service. I'm going to be honest with you. I felt like last night the Lord said, you close and I will draw a response if a response is necessary. So I'm going to make a couple of statements here that I felt like the Lord spoke to me last night. And then I'm going to turn it over to them. And I want you to ask Holy Spirit, how am I in my life supposed to respond to this message in this moment? Because when you are obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit, he's going to meet you right there. And let me just tell you that delayed obedience is still disobedience. And as the Lord is moving on your heart for something this morning, don't hesitate. Not for me, not for pastor, not for them singing, but because Holy Spirit's drawing you. That's what I want you to respond to this morning, if you were supposed to respond at all. So here's what the Lord told me. Some of us need to rid ourselves of the people of some people, some websites, some TV shows, dare I even say some applications, in order to rid ourselves of evil behavior, deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. And that goes for both the in-person kind of conversations and situations and the ones that you're comfortable hiding behind a keyboard. Some of us need to make some room so that we have rooms in our spiritual bellies to soak up and absorb the truth of gospel of Jesus Christ and his word and what it tells us and how we're supposed to live. Because you are what you eat and your soul is gonna be whatever you feed it. It is time for the church to stop bearing the image of and acting like the world and, and step into the reality and the truth that we are meant to reflect and act like Jesus. And that starts by laying some things down. It is time to reflect the image of Jesus in a world full of evil behavior deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. It is time to lay down our pride, to confess our sins, and to cry out in repentance for the times that we have been weak stones that are able to be tossed around whatever direction the wind is blowing that day. Because our hope is not found 
in a news media outlet or social media or if your friends, your parents, your kids, our hope is not found in those worldly places. And left unchecked, any one of those can become can become a tumor in our bellies keeping us from being able to absorb the nutrients of the Bible. 